With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Welcome to Jags Drive Time with John Osher and Brian Sexton. Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. The vibe I get is uh, that, uh, you know, I think we've cracked the code. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, we've got a great uh, head coach, mm-hmm. uh, we've got a great general manager, and we have a great quarterback. And that's the trifecta for success in the NFL. Probably the signature line from your interview, John Osier, with Shad Khan last week when you were out in the, uh, the Valley of the Sun. Welcome back, by the way, and welcome to you to Jags Drive Time here from TIAA Bank. Brian and John with you. Um, that one got a lot of mileage. And I didn't think it was the most significant sought from the entire uh, interview because, I mean, I think all of us knew that that's what they had done last mm-hmm. year. But I, I thought that it was interesting that he just kind of off the cuff says, yeah, it's great to have figured it out. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think he's earned the chance to say that. And I also know, and he knows, he has said similar things in the past uh, when they hired Erd Meyer, said they'd figured it out. And he has said the things that you say when you hire new people. Sure. Um, but in this case, there was an overriding feel when I was talking to him on the air and then even uh, before the interview, you know, you talk, you kind of go over what you might ask and just sort of small talk. Cause I've known him, you know, for, uh, 10 or 11 years now and seen him go through some rough times as an owner. And he said on and off the air, uh, that it's kind of a cool time to be the owner now, uh, to go to league events and hear other owners' reaction to what they did. And, uh, you know, I think there is a feeling, and it, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but a feeling of, you know, uh, they're figuring out and they're going to be dangerous because of the head coach and the quarterback. Yep. And uh, teams are congratulating them, other owners, because they run in a circle where they see each other and they know what each other go through to get there, they're congratulating him. And I don't know if he said this, but I got the impression that they're not congratulating him too much because there might be more congratulating to do. It's funny you say that because... I, now he's sort of a threat, this team. So there's a little balance of that, and that's all in good fun. But that was the vibe I got. As I watched it, I thought there's a little sense of satisfaction there because, as you mentioned, he had been through some bumpy times and the Urban Meyer cloud that had been hanging over this franchise is finally gone, right? 
Um, but then I decided it wasn't satisfaction as much as it was anticipation. Yeah. They are anticipating what the beginning of this is going to turn into. And we've talked about this. Look, if you just look at the coach and the quarterback, a pretty good roster with the opportunity to build over the next few years with some salary cap room in the future setting out mm -hmm. there, but most of all the coach and the quarterback, you can anticipate you know, the golden age of Jaguars football in front of us. Well, it's, it's funny. When they drafted Trevor Lawrence, we talked about – and let's face it, Doug Peterson did a great job last year. Yeah. But Trevor Lawrence is the code, if you follow me. Sure. Or without him, the code doesn't work. And I think in, in a similar extent, if you don't have Doug, Trevor doesn't have the success, but you have to have that guy behind center. And the fact that he's so young and developing, and the point I was getting to when, I'm, when I commented about Doug earlier, Doug knowing that Trevor's got more in him yeah. and where Doug is going to be able to take Trevor in this offense – they go hand in hand, but the code's 16. Yeah. And for Trent Baalke, I think he would tell you the same thing, who I think deserved the praise that Shad gave him last week. Having Trevor there allows them to do the job that they want to do. I think they're both capable people in their jobs. Without that piece, then all of a sudden those things they're We've trying to do it. get so much harder. We've lived it. Other coaches, other eras, yeah. not having that quarterback oh, made it's... it such a struggle, as you said, to get your foot out of that sticky mud right. that just kind of pulled it back in. Trevor gives him the ability, because of his talent, yeah. to take a young receiver or even a defense because he's giving them a lead and help it all get better. We don't get much with Khan, so he is all of our big things okay. today. So let's get right to it, and we'll start with big thing one, and it's over and over, and it's the ability of the Jaguars to not just have a season like 2017 was, but to have a 2023, 2024, 2025, and the owner commented on it last week. Again, I think what gives me the confidence of sustainability is, uh, you know, head coach, general manager, and the quarterback. I think, uh, you know, uh, they're here for the long haul, and with them, I think, uh, uh, you know, we've lost a couple of players this year, salary cap by, you know, I hated to see him leave, but uh, that's really a measure of success that you can't hang on to all your players, you know. And so then obviously the skill, uh, the trick is to replace them hopefully, you know, with better players. So, uh, you know, we've got the draft uh, primarily to develop players for the future and a system that is sustainable. Big thing, too, is the head coach, Shad Khan had a front row seat to 2021 and how that thing fell apart. And he acted quickly and brought in Doug Peterson and had a front row seat to how this thing exploded. Doug is a media darling, okay. <laughs> so, so I think um, a lot of the stuff that's come out, uh, you know, I saw it up close and personal, okay, okay that, uh, uh, you know, he's a guy very even keeled, uh, really doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, uh, really the self-belief, the belief in the team, um, belief in the process, uh, I think, uh, and, uh, you know, and results and really demanding winning from himself and the players and the team. 
Which brings us to big thing three and results. Trent Baalke obviously delivered results. They've had two pretty good drafts. They've had two very strong free agent classes, including last year. And when you look at what he's done, well, it kind of puts all of the criticism and all of that other stuff that came along with him through the process to the side. I've known Trent now for three years, mm -hmm. okay? So, I mean, uh, I believe in him, okay? Whether he was popular with the fans or not, I mean, that was for the fans to decide. Uh, my belief in him never wavered, and, uh, and uh, no matter what the noise was. And those are big things, and, and let's stay right there with Big Thing 3 for a minute. Uh, everyone knows the criticism that Trent endured, and it was over the top for the results that he has now delivered. Um, and he doesn't want to go back and, and relitigate that either. Um, but it really is, we talk about the coach and the quarterback a lot because they're the guys we talk about on Sunday. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the job that Trent Bulky has done with the last two draft classes and the free agent class, especially last year when you get Zay Jones and Christian Kirk and they bring these guys in and, and Evan Ingram and you know they're one, two, three, and Marvin Jones, who was the year before, four as receivers producing at a high level. It's not just Doug and Trent or Doug and um, Trevor. Trent's got to be a part of that as well. Right. And I know Trent really doesn't necessarily want all that happened in the transition with Urban Doug mentioned over and over again. Sure. So, but the reason I asked Shot about Trent and sort of, you know, he had mentioned uh, Trevor Trent and Doug. And so I just asked him about Trent. Uh, because we hadn't really talked to Shad since last October. So I wanted Shad to talk about, you know, look, the success that this team had changed the conversation. And I thought he, I thought he was great on Trent, that uh, he believed in him throughout. Um, he believed in him at a time where I think Shad said, you know what, he deserves a chance to do this job during a time when the pieces around him are right and it wasn't the chaos of 2021 and the job he did putting pieces around the quarterback last year in an unknown time it, it's uh it's easy now to look back and say well christian kirk zay jones and Evan Ingram were good players well zay jones hadn't had a year like that no one was overly excited about a guy coming in via Buffalo and Las right. Vegas. Ingram, you know, was not necessarily a lock for being a great all you free heard agent signing. He was a guy that dropped the ball in New York. Right. And uh, Christian Kirk, all you Slot heard receiver. was, oh, they paid him too much, paid him too much, paid him too much. Well, they made the necessary moves to get out of a talent deficit and they're back to where they can compete now. And it's not just those guys. And ready to go forward. Right. How about Rayshon Jenkins, who delivered two of the biggest yeah. plays in franchise history, let alone the solid play that you got from him. And Roy Robertson-Harris was a stalwart late right. in the year. I remember games, especially against the Jets, on that Thursday night before Christmas, and the big game that he had against the Chargers when they came right. in here for the playoffs in the fourth quarter when things needed to turn. The free agent class has been way above average, yeah. way above league average for hit rate on that. And the draft class has as well. So, you know, we don't, again, we don't need to relitigate this. But when you talk about why this situation is so solid, well, it's because you've got those three men, the quarterback, the head mm -hmm. coach, and the general manager, and they've got something to build from. Yeah, and 
I thought his comments on on all three were very interesting. With Doug, I I was really taken by um, you could tell that Shad in his quote said, "Well, Doug's a media darling, but he saw it all along." Meaning, you know, once they got in, you get the idea that during October last year when they were zero and five, and it looked like the wheels were coming off, and there was all the criticism. Um, I I can only imagine that the conversations that Doug had with Shad during that time were very similar to the conversations that we had with Doug when we were talking to him at, as a media corps. That says something that that's, that's how he is on all fronts. Yeah. Uh, Shad senses the calmness, the confidence, uh, that ability to lead through troubled waters, if you will, um, and I'm not surprised he saw it, but I think it's telling that that's Doug's approach, not only when the camera's on him, but behind closed doors as well. That obviously resonates with the players. All right, now that the owners' meetings are over, the calendar turns squarely to the NFL draft, which is 23 days away. Are you ready to go there? Because we're going there whether you're ready or not. Oh, I'm not going. You're going. Well, no, no, I don't mean going to Kansas City. Yes, I will go there. I'm ready to I mean, stay right here until about August. We're going to the draft conversation here on Jags Drive Time. Three positions that are most closely identified with the Jaguars. Defensive back, tight end, and offensive tackling over the next couple of weeks. We'll tackle them in depth today. We'll go to the secondary and look at the defensive backs that might be available in the first round. Some of them won't be available. They're that good. But who might be sitting there where the Jaguars select when we return? This is Jags Drive Time on a Tuesday morning early in April from TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville. Rolling right along here from TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville. As promised, we're turning our attention to the draft, which most fans have turned their attention to since free agency started slowing down, John. Um, you know, I know you track some of the mock drafts out there. I'm right on target with those three positions, right? Or is there another one? Um yeah, that would be, uh, what are we going with? Defensive uh, back, right? Right. Primarily a corner, an offensive lineman, or a um, tight end. Yeah, and, and I think that's where it lies. Uh, there might be... Oh, yeah, there could be a lot of different twists and turns. Edge rusher is something that you're hearing people talk about because there's so much talk about pass rush. My personal opinion is I think any edge rush, pass rush improvement they're going to get is going to come from Trayvon and Josh. Right. Uh, I'm not a big believer that edge rushers, especially at 24, 25, are going to come in are going to come in and dramatically impact you right away. I think Caleb that's very Chase difficult. A great example of that. Yeah, I mean it's. I don't say it can't be done. I think it's something that's difficult to rely on. My sense is these are the three positions. All right, so let's start with the Jaguar secondary and give you a look here at what's in place already. And you see Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams. Trey Herndon re-signed in free agency, ostensibly to be your nickelback. And then at safety, Andre Sisco and Sean Jenkins. And they feel good about what Andrew Wingard brings them. Remember the, the games against the Ravens and the Cowboys last year in particular, where he was making big plays on third and fourth down late in the ball game. And obviously Daniel Thomas is a really solid special teams guy. But on that... 
Monteric Brown's a young guy. Gregory Jr. didn't get on the field last year, but he's a guy they drafted, remember, from Wachita Baptist. And they are hopeful because of his athleticism. Chris Claybrooks has been around. Look, you use a first-round pick on a defensive back, whether that's a Brian Branch mm-hmm. who can play safety slot or whether that's one of these corners, it would appear to be a really important move for this franchise because Darius Williams is on a one-year, 11-year, $11 million contract. Right. Yeah, I think it's a tough spot. Um, and what I mean by that is Darius played much better on the outside than he did at nickel. So it, it it's hard to imagine um, the, them drafting a player and putting – or uh, drafting a corner – and putting the corner outside, moving Darius back to the inside, because that didn't seem to work last year. Uh, so I think their dilemma may be uh, nickel and outside in this day and age uh, can be two pretty different positions, and, and you're looking for different strengths. Can they draft a nickel uh, with the idea that then what do you do in 2024 uh, are you bringing Darius back? Um, are you committing to him for the long term? Uh, I don't necessarily think that you can draft the nickel and assume that he can go out and play outside the next year. I, I'm sure there are players who can, but I think that may be their dilemma there is, are we drafting a guy for the long term to go play opposite Tyson, or do we need a nickel and then fix or address the outside later on. I'm not sure where they go in that direction, but I think that may be the um, that may that may be their issue long term. All right, so let's take a look at the guys who are thought to be first round picks, and there are a couple of them that will be nowhere near where the Jaguars pick. You look there at Christian Gonzalez, who was a transfer from Colorado, freakishly long athlete, a guy with incredible athleticism. He's not going to be there. Neither is Devin Witherspoon. The kid from Illinois might be the best all-around corner in this year's draft. Really physical, like most of the defensive backs in the Big Ten are. Um, But also a guy who is credited as being a sensational open field tackler. You recognize the name Joey Porter. This is Joey Porter Jr. His dad, obviously, a longtime great pass rusher with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Porter has got... Jalen Ramsey length, right? I mean, one of the things that made Jalen Ramsey so great was that his arms were so long and his hands were so big to go on a big body already that it was really difficult to place the ball anywhere where a receiver had an advantage. And so when you look at a guy like Joey Porter, here's what might happen, John. You might see a run start on corners because there are Mm -hmm. these five guys. And you talk to people around the league like we both do, and it seems like somewhere 11 or 12 because of the offensive tackles, because of the quarterbacks, these guys might be there, you know, 11 to 20. And other guys that we're looking at, Deontay Banks, the cornerback from the uh, University of Maryland. You know Marvin Harrison Jr., I know you know his dad well, mm-hmm. had uh, 77 catches, nearly 1,300 yards, and 14 touchdowns. He was the best receiver in college football last year. But he only had five catches for 68 yards against Deontay Banks. Banks, a sensational mm-hmm workout guy he was thought to be maybe a second round pick and then he blew everyone's expectations away at the combine and then the last one is Brian Branch and he's interesting because he's a guy who primarily played safety was a linebacker in coverage I'm sorry a linebacker against the run was up filling the holes Mm -hmm. but is a guy who can step out and play in the slot so he could be a long-term guy for you as a slot guy and a safety 
So there's a lot of options with a guy like Brian Branch. Deontay Banks is a guy that'll probably be there. The other three, unless they make a move up, probably gone by the time they select. Yeah, the fascinating thing, and it, I don't pretend to have that much to offer in terms of how I think these guys are going to translate to the NFL because it, it's it, – I believe it's it's a little bit of a crapshoot, um, and I don't necessarily know that I'm the expert to tell you how Brian Branch is going to fit. I can tell you that the dilemma that they're going to face here, uh, Branch I like because from what I've seen of him, I do think he has that versatility that you're talking about. Yeah. Deontay Banks um, – he makes sense if what you're looking for at that spot is a corner. I think conceptually with the draft, what they're going to run into, corner is really, really deep, and it goes deeper than this list, and there's four or five that people believe are going to go in the second and the top of the third. So what's going to be interesting to me is how Trent Baalke approaches it. Um, I, I absolutely think that corner will be a position that they pick somewhere in the first three rounds. Does Trent believe that these corners overall between four and maybe 10 are so close that it makes more sense to go get one and wait in the second round. You know, if you don't believe that Deontay Banks is significantly better than maybe your ninth corner, you can get that guy in the second round and then go offensive line early where it's, it's historically maybe a little tougher to get a guy in the second round late who can come in and play. So I think a conceptually, I don't know they're going to go corner in the first round because it, it is such a deep class. I think the depth of this class may have them taking it in the second round. There are going to be offensive linemen in all mm -hmm. likelihood who are sitting there. Now, it's not you know the top guys, the Skaronsky, right, uh, or the Paris Johnson, the, the, the kids from the Big Ten. But there will be some guys there, and we'll talk about them in coming weeks. And obviously, tight end is another position that kind of falls in that category. Mm -hmm. Could they go somewhere else? Of course they could. But this is an area, it's need. But again, do you take need over value? Right. If there's great value there in a pass rusher, if there's great value there, what if the running back from Texas falls all the way down there? Again, you say, well, we've got the running back, and this is not a run-centered offense, but value at that point is something you have to consider. I think it's going to be very interesting, too, conceptually with this draft. Um, tight end and running back are very interesting conceptual positions at number 24, 25 to me. Um because uh, does a running back, such as the kid from Texas, Bijan Robinson, who is special, special, big time special, special uh, or a a tight end such as Mayer, who can really give you a dimension you don't already have. Uh, there is a school of thought, and I'm not sure it's a bad school of thought with this team. Get as dynamic as you can offensively. Does that running back what he would bring? Does that tight end what he would bring? Take your offense from here to here. If the corner only takes your defense from here to here, maybe you're very tempted with an offense that you think might be special enough, adding Ridley and adding one more oh, dimension. Yeah. All of a sudden, uh, you're up there with the Chiefs. You go, you play, and you try to break serve on defense a couple of times. Um, I don't know necessarily what they're thinking on that. Uh, but I think draft night – and the first two days of the draft might show us a lot at how they're going to approach that season. Yeah, the next couple of weeks will be fun to start to see how things fall out. Because of the quarterback, they've got a lot of options. And one of them is to increase on offense, even though everyone looks at the defense and says, we need this, we need that. 
I think where they're sitting right now, you need the best player available. We'll see what they decide to do with it. All right, we've got much more ahead. Ozone Snapshot is next here on Jags Drive Time. On a Tuesday morning in Jacksonville, we're back in a moment. Well, whether you need air, electric, or plumbing service at your home, Donovan is always a good call. They've been trusted by their customers for almost 40 years. Trust them to deliver fast, reliable service to your home. That's Donovan Heating and Air for air, electric, and plumbing service. This broadcast is ozone friendly. All right, how about a snapshot of what John's getting in the ozone mailbag? And we'll begin with Mike from Omaha, who writes, John, what is the one absolute most important position we improve upon on the draft? Well, it's interesting because as we alluded to in the last segment, um, I don't necessarily think that corner is going to be the first pick, but I think they have to figure out. I think they need a rookie to come in and play a significant role there. It's not not a knock on Trey Herndon, but I think you would like to be better at that nickel spot. I think you'd like to have a young athletic player who can really fill that. I don't know if they go for it in, in round one, but I think it's it, it's the most glaring in terms of the starting because if if you draft an offensive lineman, I think you're drafting it for the long term, maybe to go start and I compete with Ben Barch at guard, but I'm, I'm not sure your need is, oh, oh, my goodness, we have to get it. feels like that at corner a little bit, so yeah. I, I think cornerback. All right, Chris joins us from the U.K. He's in London, and he writes, do you think – Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson stating we need to improve our pass rush leans towards pass rush. You kind of already answered this one. Yep. Well, a lot of people interpret that. When Doug was talking at his media availability uh, at the owners' meetings last week, he, I asked him about the defense. How do you get better? He said, we also have to, have to improve the pass rush. And people sort of jumped on that and said, oh, they're going to, they're going to take edge rusher at, at, at number 24. I think it's more about uh, needing the overall pass rush uh, in key situations to be better. I think they got better there late in the season. As they were making their playoff push, in big situations, this, this wasn't necessarily a big sack team, but they got good pressure. I think I think he wants to see more of that. And he mentioned specifically they need more. Uh, they need Trayvon Walker to, to continue to develop, and they need uh, Josh Allen to have a little bit uh, better of a year in terms of numbers. I'm paraphrasing Doug there a little bit, but I think it's more improvement from within. So I don't necessarily think it means pass rush is, is an automatic lock in the first round. Well, let me throw a wrinkle into this, because when we talk about pass rush, we talk so much about the edge rushers. That's what we've seen here, right? It's been a long time since we've had a defensive tackle that's creating the pass rush mm-hmm. up the middle. So a little bit with Marcel Darius in 17, but before that, it was Big John and Marcus. Um, so it's been a while. What about the Clancy kid, the defensive tackle, Kalijah Clancy from Pitt, mm-hmm. who is compared favorably, not he's not the same as Aaron Donald, but an interior pass rusher. That might fit at 24. Yeah, that would be the wild card that I think could happen. And uh, defensive tackle is sort of the prime position that time forgot, if you will, yeah. and uh, for the reasons you talk about. Um, everybody talks about edge rusher, uh, receiver now, quarterback. Uh, and, and and left tackle. I think if the Jaguars saw a guy at 24 that they thought was special on the interior to really shore that up, uh, I don't think you can pass it up. The the counter to that is usually picking at that point in the in the first round. Conventional wisdom is 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 that you don't find special there. Aaron Donald on, was the 26th the, pick of his draft on the interior. I, I think he was 13 or 14, but. Um, 
uh, usually not that late in the first round. Conventional wisdom tells you. All right, let's. You can go away from that. Grab our final ozone mailbag snapshot. Sandman from Westside. I know very little about anything, but if you had a Walker Little in the fold the prior year, why not trade Jawan Taylor and then get something for him? Yep, I've gotten a few of these, and I get, I get it in theory. Um, okay, we've got Walker Little who could have started last year. You have Cam Robinson. Why not trade Jawan Taylor? At some point, you draft players to play for you. Um, and you, so, you know, you don't always want to trade your players away before they play for you. Sometimes you're going to lose them at the end of contracts, but at some point the seasons count. I don't necessarily know that they make the postseason last year if they hadn't had three tackles available to play. Uh, they needed the depth at the end of the season. It, it paid off for them. Uh I'm not a big believer, um, I always joke with some members of the media, stop trading good players. Because fans, when they look at a depth chart, if they see a player who they even recognize after the starting level, oh, trade him for something else. Yeah, Keep guys on your team. This is a league of attrition. So don't necessarily be in a hurry to trade guys for the future. Sometimes you got to... Uh, Sometimes you have to concentrate on the now. Well, let's be honest. There wasn't a lot of a, it wasn't a huge trade market for right. Jawan Taylor. He didn't play all that well his first three years, and he didn't really hit his stride until his fourth season. And by right. the time the trade deadline had passed, he had a half a season of doing that. Were you going to take right. a fifth round pick? Right. I mean, for a guy, and they that weren't you, convinced all along that they were going to lose Jawan. One hundred percent. They, they sort they of they kept him. skyrocketing. So you don't always know. I think they would have liked to have, to have kept Jawan. I think they went into the season thinking we'd probably have a chance to keep him because they didn't expect him to have this uh, monster year. Uh, so I don't see that as, as a mistake. I, I just kind of see that. That's how players develop and how the league works. dollars a year. Right. Right. Somebody else saw how good he was. And it, look, at the time that the trade deadline came by, he wasn't as valuable in the trade market as he was to having you on your team. And you're right about Aaron Donald. He was a 13th pick. I was thinking about say someone else. You were right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Not that you needed me to tell you that you were right. All right, Will. Ding. John wins. We'll take a break and come back. Wrap up Jags Drive Time here on Tuesday right after this. Well, you can move the freight with Magellan Transport. Voted the coolest office space in Jacksonville. You can apply online at MagellanLogistics.com to help them Move the freight with Magellan Logistics. All right, Brian and John, back to wrap things up for you. Don't forget, um, happy hour comes your way Thursday at 4 o'clock with JP and Jeff. So more draft conversation building as we get towards that. Um, Drafts in Kansas City this year. Be oh, interesting. You'll be like a pig in slot. Well, Vegas was nice last okay. year. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, Chicago did a really good job with the draft. And then it went to Philadelphia, who did a really good job with the draft. Will you even come back? Yeah, I'll come back. And you might just get out there and just yeah. decide that's where you... I've okay. been here 29 years. Okay. The Florida right. kind of calls you back, you know? Right. I got you. The barbecue's really good, but the, uh, Dallas did a good job. Nashville did a great job. Cleveland, forget it. Um, Vegas was spectacular last year. The Kansas City will do a good job. Oh, yeah. Well, and of course, you know, they got the Super Bowl champions right. that are there, and they will make something big. They're expecting this to be the biggest sporting event in Kansas City history, hmm. I believe, yeah. right? I mean, in terms of the number of people, because think about it. 
The people that fly in, you're, mm. you're there. I'll get there Tuesday. Tuesday and Wednesday, there's some work. And you kind of have a sense the draft is in that city. And then Thursday, all of a sudden, the airport explodes. Right. And by the way, they have a new airport in Kansas City, so it's going to be packed. And there will be people from all over because it's right in the heart of the country. It's going to be great. They needed a new airport in Kansas City. Wasn't that the one that was round? Oh, desperately. It was, it, it was the worst yeah, airport in America. That, yeah. It was, it was worst cool to have been to, but it was yeah, not. Yeah, a, yeah no, yeah, no chance to go. Yeah. All right, so draft is coming up in three weeks. Uh, you're off next week, so we'll see you in two weeks. Can't wait, John Ozier, everybody, and that'll do it. Thanks to our entire broadcast crew, Joe and Brent, and everyone who helps put this program on every Tuesday morning. We certainly appreciate you. Have a great day. Ball State wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.